This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your fearless host. I am recording after a root canal. Ugh, brutal stuff. I was gonna was a brush your teeth, kids, and I, well, you brush your teeth, but also go to the dentist. I I'm a type of guy that doesn't go to the dentist unless something hurts, and I don't go to the doctors unless something hurts. You know, you need to get older. You know, and that that shit's worked for me in my 20s. Now in my 30s, I need to be a little more proactive. And uh, yeah, root canals are no fun. My whole uh, whole lesson on my face was swollen today. The guy gave me three Novocaine shots, <clears throat> so I was drilling. I go, uh, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be feeling anything, right? He goes, no. And I go, well, I, I feel you drilling. Being a big muscular son of a bitch like I am, he had to give me three more. My whole left side of my face was basically paralyzed. It was, uh, it was, it was. I mean, I was loaded up. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm powering through. Uh, I, I got to do these picks. I got these hot picks, and I got to do it real quick. On the t- before we get into the hot picks, I want to keep this short and sweet. Um, L.A. press conference to Friday, tomorrow, is they have over... They, the press release said there's over a dozen fighters coming. They're not really telling us what fighters <clears throat> are coming or not. So you got, like, Darren Till, Tyron Woodley, who are apparently there, but Darren Till looks like he's still in England. And then you got Vulcan, the the uh, Anthony Smith, Vulcan Osmer just got announced today for October 27th. Main event, Morcano... Who else is coming? Obviously, they made this announcement maybe to put pressure on Khabib and Connor. Khabib tweeted out today, Khabib's still in New York. I think Connor's in New York. He might be back in Ireland. I doubt they're coming. I don't know who <clears throat> who they're going to put on on this day as the, the, the card. I mean, Till Woodley's obviously going to be the big name, but I mean, over a dozen fighters, I got four there. Try to reach out to Brett Okamoto. I try to reach out to Eric Hawani. I try to re- reach out to guys who maybe know what the hell's going on. They don't know anything. So, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know who's going to be at the press conference. Is it kind of a big deal? It's tomorrow before the weigh-ins. L.A. is kind of a hot spot. There's a lot of people that can, you know, get over. I mean, flights are always going to L.A., so I don't think they're worried about that. Dana was in Washington, D.C. today or yesterday with Colby meeting Donald Trump. Colby lived up to his promise. He said he's going to deliver that belt to uh, Donald Trump, make uh, make America great again, Colby. Too bad you're getting stripped of the title in two weeks, but uh, pretty cool that uh, Trump saw Dana and and. and the whole Colby thing worked out that, uh, you know, wherever your politics lie, the guy said, the guy said he, what he was going to do and he went and did it. So you got to respect that. But, uh, let's jump on these picks. No more fucking around. I have a little bit of a guest picker on the main event only. When, uh, when we get to there, I'll talk about it. First up, Marlon Chico Vera, 10, 10, five and one. He's a minus 500 favorite. I don't like these guys that are middle of the road, minus 500 favorites. He's fighting Wooly Baran. He's 10 and 5 as well. He's 0 1 in the UFC. He's a plus 350 kickback. Marlon Vera, who I think is a very talented fighter, he's won three in the UFC and he's lost his last two, but that was John Lineker and then uh, Douglas Silva Day Adrandre. Hell of a, hell of a, hell of a Brazilian name. But uh, Marlon Vera's he's one of those guys, that's, he, he's a solid fighter. He's, I don't know, if I don't know if he's a gatekeeper at 135. He might be, but I guess you're going to figure out where your skills are at when you fight Marlon Vera because he, he's pretty well-rounded. 
I don't know much about Baran. I know he's 0-1 the UFC. I know he hasn't fought well in the UFC. He's 10 of 5. He's coming out of China. Um, you know, I don't I mean, I hate picking Vera as a 500 favorite. And if if I wasn't just going, I'm not gonna bet this fight at all because it's very unpredictable. I advise you not to bet. But if you want to get crazy, I mean, plus 350 against a Marlon Vera is not that bad. Anything can happen. Marlon Vera is not top ranked. He's not by any means <clears throat> Demetrius Johnson or, or Dominic Cruz or anybody like that. So I'm going to go with Vera, but uh, I'm not going to bet it at all. Stay away from that. Maybe that's a maybe I should have maybe put an alarm in here. Stay away alarm because <clears throat> minus 500 favorite for Marlon Vera, whoever priced that line is crazy i don't know about that that's that's nuts next up we got daniel taylor who's nine and three she's two and two in the ufc she's a plus 210 underdog she is fighting welly zhang coming out of Beijing, china 16 and one she's making her debut she is a minus 270 uh favorite yes underdog versus favorite. daniel taylor two and two in the ufc she works as a, uh, for the sheriff's office. She's a correctional officer. They did a whole big write-up of her. Very tough. All her fights go to a decision whether she wins or whether she loses. I don't know much about uh, Zhang, if I'm being honest with you. I know she's very highly talented. I know a lot of people are really high on her in this division, and she's making a UFC debut. She's 16-1. Obviously, she's you know she's got experience elsewhere. That's 17 fights outside of the UFC. Kind of a different uh, ball game when you get in the UFC. Daniel Taylor is very, very good. Um, this is a, this is a tough fight to call because I like Taylor as the underdog. I like the two seventy kickback on her. I mean, that's that's you got a, a girl who's fought in the UFC four times against someone who hasn't. No matter what competition you're fighting out there, no matter if you fought Risen or if you fought in one championship, whatever, you're not fighting the cow. All the one of the best things, best female fighters in the UFC. There's not a handful, uh, there's only a handful of elite women fighters out there right now. Zhang is 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 getting brought up as 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 that, as an elite fighter. So I'm gonna go with her because I don't know enough about her, uh Zhang that is. But if she's 16 to 1 and, and the odds makers and people are talking about her, I'm gonna trust uh the opinions of my fellow colleagues out there who who do seem to like her, and I meant to. I'm on. I've been on vacation to work all this week, so I've been. I've been doing basically nothing, but I meant to look her up and see some of her thing because I think Daniel Taylor is very, very talented. But um, damn it, Brian, what are you doing? Too busy getting my fucking teeth drilled out. Okay, next up we got Ricardo Ramos. Ramos. Ricardo Ramos, who is two and zero in the UFC, is eleven and one overall. He's fighting Kyung Hong Kang from South Korea. Kang is a plus one seventy five underdog. He is coming off some. His only loss in UFC is to Chico Camus. He had no contest years ago. Wow, Fuel TV against Alex Aceres. That's back in two thousand thirteen. Hasn't fought. He hasn't been very active lately. His uh, Guido Gennetti was a submission win. Um, Ricardo Ramos. I think the guy sky's the limit for this guy. He hits hard. He's two and zero in the UFC. He's a favorite for the reason. Kang just. Um, just not active enough. I mean, you took four years off and you come back and you win, but I mean, that's still four years off. I don't know what you're dealing with. I mean, he's from South Korea could have had the military thing. It doesn't say on here. He, uh, you know, South Korea's, you know, the mandatory two years military, you know, maybe take two years off for injuries. I don't know. I'm going Ramos and that. I think that's going to be a finish for Ramos might be my lock in the night. Um, 
because I, I do. I'm really high on Ramos. We're cruising through this card. I like this. We're at eight minutes, and I'm just. I mean, this is just professionalism. If I would have said that word right the first time, this would have been a lot better. Next up, one of the fights I'm actually looking personally looking forward to the most is Alex Perez. He is twenty and four. He's coming off the contender series. He's three and zero in the UFC. He's a minus one forty five favorite currently against Jose Torres, who's eight zero. He's one and zero in the UFC. He's a plus one fifteen. I wrote these down yesterday. This line could have shifted. I can do a quick check for you. Odd Shark is a great website. I have it little little bookmarked here. No big deal. Let's see if this because I'm actually really personally interested in this fight. So I want to see if this line moved at all. Okay, so it's basically stayed the same. Torres is still the favorite or still the underdog on. On all betting sites. Um, it opened as an even, and then and a lot of people are putting money in purse. So Jose Torres, if you don't know him, he's he's very highly talented. He's won pretty much every belt out there at 125. His debut was against Jarrett Brooks. Jarrett Brooks, Brooks went for that slam and knocked himself out, and Torres obviously TKO'd him and, and uh, got the finish. And Besides that, I thought he looked okay. I mean, Jarrett Brooks is a really hard t- guy to look good against. Alex Perez is so well-rounded, and he's a finisher. He's a killer. Look great in a contender series. He's 3-0 in the UFC since winning the contender series. Um, I can see why he's the favorite. I'm going to ride with Torres on this. I think Torres has more skills. He has more upside. When Demetrius Johnson is talking about you, Demetrius Johnson did a, a scrum today. He said he can't wait to fight all these other people. Like He's still you know, wanting. He, he mentioned he wants to win another belt outside another organization. That would be great, blah, blah, blah. He's not really interested in moving up. He's pinpointing guys in his division. Jose Torres was a name that he said, and uh, I agree with him. I think Torres is sky's the limit for Torres. That's going to be like the main event on on uh, on the uh, fight pass there. One of the best fights on the card. I, I really like that. Two really, I mean, these guys are both going to be right there at 125. I, I really like both those guys at 125. Next up, we got another contender series gentleman, Matt Sales. He didn't fight too long ago. Looked pretty good in the contender series. He's 6-1 and one against Shaman Morais, who's 0-1, but he's 9-1 overall. They're both both of the, this line is pretty much dead even. Uh, Morais is a minus one twenty, and Sales is a minus one ten. Pretty much identical records. Sales looked great on the contender series. Got a big finish. Looked really good. Looked really smooth. Shane Morais has an 0-1 in the UFC. Not the biggest loss in the world. He's training. He's from Brazil, but he's training. He's fighting out of California. He's I don't know if he's at Edmonds or not. He might be at. Um, Cordero's uh, gym in Orange County. I'm not exactly sure where he's training at. I'm big on sales, though. I've liked sales before the contender series. I've heard his name. I've seen him fight. I think he's smooth. I think he's slick. I think he's fighting with the right camp. He's training with the right guys. Alliance MMA has dropped a few in the past couple fights. Um, Jeremy Stevens lost to Jose Aldo. And then um, there was another one at the tip of my tongue that just lost recently too, but I think Matt Sales is is gonna bring it for him. I I, I think he's I think he's that talented. I think uh, I think he's gonna be okay. I think he's gonna be okay. I think that's gonna be a big W for us. Next up, cruising Ricky Simone. Uh, it's Simon. I'm not. I, I hate that I pronounce it. Your, your last name Simon, bro. Ricky Simon, aka Ricky Simone, is ten and one in the UFCs or ten and one overall, two and zero in the UFCs, a minus one twenty favorite. Slight. Oh, well, actually, he's a slight underdog. He's fighting Montiel Jackson, who's six and zero. He won a unanimous decision in the Contender Series, uh, or did he get the finish? I think he maybe got the defend. He may got the finish on the Contender Series. He fought in the same Contender Series as my boy Chris Curtis, who I, I like to mention every episode, who got completely fucking robbed 
and should have should have got the contract. At least get called up. There's two guys fighting on this car that fought with Chris, Kevin Holland and Montiel Jackson. Both obviously won their fights and they looked okay, but they didn't look as good as Chris. They didn't get contracts either. Montiel Jackson is a very very solid wrestler. Um, I think he's overall really good. Trading at Duke Rufus. I think he, you know, I don't know. He 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 got caught up in in, in those fouls. He he hurt the guy a few times. Um, I, I can't remember who exactly who he fought. It was it was an Italian gentleman from Boston. Maybe I'm I'm not really sure. Sorry about that. But I do remember the fight. I remember there's a couple of fouls on Jackson's end. I think a point maybe was threatening to get taken away. Looked like he could have finished it a lot earlier. Uh, his hands looked great. His wrestling looked great. Ricky Simone. He's two zero in the UFC. Simon. So, excuse me. Ricky, uh, I'm gonna confuse myself. Let's just let's just I give in. You're you're. I'll pronounce it Simone. Ricky Simone. Um, his last fight was against. Um, I have such a hard time pronouncing this guy's name. Maklev Dashavili, where he was pretty much losing the entire fight. He's getting taken down. He's getting pounded out. Choked Dashavili out, but he wasn't out. The fight was over, but they called it. it. It was a really weird stoppage. I lost money in that fight, so I'm going Montiel Jackson. I think Montiel Jackson's ready for the USC. I think Duke Rufus is his squad's got a lot of good up and coming guys coming up there. I mean, they got a good stable guys. Um, Jordan Griffin, who fought on the Contender Series on Tuesday, he uh, got a contract as well. He looked fantastic. He's uh he's Paul Felder, and Anthony Pettis is like one of their main training partners, and and he looked really good. Next up, Pedro Munoz, who's ranked number nine against number 14, Brett Johns. Munoz is, let me see here. I don't have my old man glasses on. Munoz is 15-3 overall, and Brett Johns is 15-1. Brett Johns is 3-1 in the UFC. He is a plus 205 underdog. Munoz coming off a loss to John Dodson. It was a split decision loss. I, I had Munoz in that fight personally. For that, he had four straight wins, um, dominating guys, submitting guys. Munoz is a real deal. He should be ranked higher than nine. He, he slipped on Dotson. Brett Johns uh, kind of got exposed his last fight that by Aljamain Sterling. Brett Johns, okay striking, great submission guy, has a great record, but I just think you're not going to submit Pedro Munoz. I think Pedro Munoz is going to be able to stop the takedown and pound this guy out on the feet. Pedro doesn't have the uh, the craziest knockout power, but I think he has better striking. I'm on Pedro all the way. That might be my lock of the night because – um, it, it, the line is, is, what was the line again? I think Brett Johns was a plus 205. A lot of money is going to go on Brett Johns. A lot of people are going to show up in Vegas on Saturday night, see this guy is 16 to one, 15 to one, see there's a plus 205 underdog and be like, that's a value bet right there. And I can't disagree with him because I do think, um, Brett Johns has a, a great pedigree. I think he's a good submission guy, but I, I, I have uh, Pedro Munoz on a whole nother level right now. I think he's. Top five talent. I think he's very, very good. As long as he stays active, which he has been, as long as he keeps that up. Next up, we're kicking off the pay-per-view. By the way, I haven't mentioned this once, and uh, credit to me, because I've mentioned in probably 10 other podcasts, but this is my birthday night, right? I was actually going to be in Los Angeles, um, could not go for you know reasons of myself, but good thing I didn't go, because a buddy of mine who's going to come with me is actually going to be picking the main event with me on this very, very show. I called him. Hurt his back real bad. Broke his back. I think I mentioned that too. So we would have been out money because he would. There's no way he can be able to sit on a plane for six hours to get to Los Angeles, or walk around L.A. or do anything. Like he's. Uh, I, I've seen him in person. He's crooked. He's like a question mark. Something's. His back's messed up. But anyway, we're kicking off the pay per view against. We got the middleweights. We got Tiago Santos, who's seventeen and six, coming off a loss over Dave Branch, pretty ugly loss, against Kevin Holland, who's fifteen and three, he's coming off the contender series. Holland fighting out of Fort Worth, Texas. 
Santos is a minus 400 favorite. Holland is a plus 300 underdog. That's insane to me. I think Santos, as as tough as he looks, he fits the mold of a guy who's like this big badass, right? Big tattoos, big muscular. He's got the scowl. He's got everything. Very, very talented fighter. Before his loss to Dave Branch, he won four in a row, and he was he knocked everybody out. Knocked out Jack Marshman. Knocked out Jeremy Scott. Knocked out Jack Hermanson. Knocked out Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith doing big things now. Lost. Got knocked out by Dave Branch. Kevin Holland. The big underdog, I'm going with Kevin Holland, the big underdog. He's elusive. He has a different style. He's confident. Um, he, in the contender series, though, Holland did get hit by Will Santiago, who shouldn't be fighting at 185 pounds. Will Santiago's, I mean, he his chin probably won't even reach my desk right now. He's very short, very stocky. He landed a few shots on Kevin Holland. Uh, I think Kevin Holland maybe even got dropped. Can't do that against Santos. Santos has such big power, but I, I'm riding with the underdog on that. I think Holland... Is going to be elusive. He's going to frustrate. I think he's going to kick on the outside. I think he's going to strike when he wants to. I think Holland couldn't finish because Santos's chin has been questioned before. He has been hurt before. But uh, I don't know. I, I just, all week I've been riding with Holland ever since that fight got announced. Next up, we got the ladies. We got Paulina Yayana versus J.D. Aldrich. Aldrich is 6 and 2 in the UFC, or 6 and 2 overall. I keep doing that. 2 1 in the UFC, so plus 200 underdog. Paulina is 10-1, 1-0 in the UFC. She's a minus 260 favorite. Paulina has got a lot of hype around her. Aldrich has a great story. Um, see both these girls fight. They're both very talented. This is The line, I think, is, is a little off on this. I do think this fight's a little closer than what the line says. But I'm going to go with uh, the favor. I'm going to go with Paulina as a win. I think she probably could submit Aldrich or, or win by decision. Again, cruising. Cruising through this. I mean, this is I mean, this is high quality professional stuff. You know I me, mean? I don't like to brag, right? I mean, you guys listen enough. I, I don't I don't I hardly ever talk about myself. Hardly ever. But I am cruising through. We got two more fights, three more fights to pick. Next up, another really talented fight. Uh really talented, both talented guys, but really fight I'm interested in. We got Cub Swanson, who's twenty-five and nine and a plus two eighty-five underdog against Renato Moicano, who is a minus 375 favorite, 12 1 and 1 in overall, 4 and 1 in the UFC. Only lone loss coming to Brian Ortega, a fight that he was winning. I have stated, I have, I have, if you check the tapes, I have said that Moicano was a very underrated guy. I don't think a lot of people are talking about him. Calvin Catered, a very solid 145 pounder, got starched, got smoked by Moicano the last time they fought. Cub coming off two back to back losses, albeit over. Pretty top competition. I mean, he lost to Brian Ortega and he lost to Frankie Edgar by decision. Cub being the big underdog here really shocked me. Cubs from Southern California. I don't know if he's from LA, but he's from Southern California. Palm Beach, maybe, I think. But Cano, I saw him stare down today. McConnell looked huge. I don't know how he makes 145. All week I've been I've been wanting to take Cub. I said, I think Cub's gonna do it. I think Cub's gonna take this. I'm going I'm to ride with my instincts. I'm going with Cub as an upset pick. That's two huge upsets. I would bet them if I was in Los Angeles right now or if I was in Vegas right now, I'd bet these because that I mean, these are real big money wins. Cub at minus 285 and Kevin Holland at minus 300. I'm more sure about the Holland fight than I am the Cub fight. I just think Cub's going to come out. I think he's so talented that he really could do some good. This is This could come down to a pretty close decision. I don't know if Cub's going to get finished necessarily. But uh, McConnell's just so good. I hate that I'm betting against him. I'm betting against a guy that I've been 
I've been talking about, but this is purely gut feeling. I, 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 I'm a guy that can admit when he's wrong. I'm, I may be, I may be eating my words. Um, all said and done because I have been hyping up Mercano, but I just, I think Cubby Bears are going to get it done. I, mean, I think he's training on a right. He's tra- he had that training camp with TJ. TJ looks in phenomenal shape. Cub looks in great shape. I think he's elusive enough. I think he has a, a, maybe not a more well-rounded game, but I think he's elusive enough. That if he can stay the top, uh, stop the takedown, I think he can win. Co-main event, rematch time. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, who was 27-2-1 versus Henry Husuto, Henry Suhuto, who's 12-2. Demetrius, a minus 500 favorite. Suhuto at plus 350. Suhuto, one of my guys early on. I I, uh, I, I was rooting for him. I, I thought he'd make it to, to Demetrius. I actually put money on Suhuto the first time they fought and was completely embarrassed after the outcome of that. Listen, I think Demetrius Johnson is the best fighter in the world. I think he's so talented. When these fighters get so good, reminiscent of the Anderson-Wyman days or even recently with Joanna and Rose. Not many. I mean, Rose was a huge underdog in that fight. No one really gave her a shot. Is Demetrius falling into the trap of, is he thinking his shit doesn't stink? Henry Cejudo's got some weird training that he's been doing. I've been watching his training, some unique drills that he's been that he's been really drilling. Um, great wrestling. I think the wrestling is going to be canceled out. I think this could be a striking match. I think Henry Suhudo wants it to be a striking match. Suhudo got stopped last time. I think in, if it was the first or second round, I can't remember. Let's see if it has it on here. Uh, round one. Wow. Early. Halfway through round one, he stopped him with knees of the body. Uh, I thought I thought they made it to the second round. They didn't. Oh, man, this is tough. This is tough, you know, because Cejudo is, um, he's so talented, and this this smells like an upset week, right? Demetrius is very confident. I've been watching the embeddeds. I've been watching some of his footage, some of his interviews. Very, very, very confident, which he always is, but uh, at minus 500 with that kickback on Cejudo, it's crazy. But... I can't, I don't think I'll ever pick against Demetrius unless he goes up and wait. At 125, I think he's the king. I think he is so talented. I think he's going to be too fast for Cejudo. I think Cejudo isn't the quickest of guys with his hands. He has more boxing. Cejudo is more of a boxing base. I think um, Demetrius is going to be in and out, in and out, kick. I think Cejudo is going to have his moments. I, I think he will, but I think I, I think Demetrius is just going to pick him apart. I wouldn't be surprised if Demetri finishes him again. Um I mean, getting those knees to the body, they were simple clinch knees. I'm sure they hurt like a bitch. But if you look at past fighters who get hurt to the body, they, they tend to get hurt to the body the rest of their careers. Matt Brown's one of them. I mean, Matt Brown gets hurt to the body every fight. Donald Cerrone, another guy, gets hurt to the body. Evan Dunham gets hurt to the body. Hopefully, uh, Cejudo has defense in place, movement in place, that that wouldn't have to happen. Um but uh, I, I like Demetrius. I, that's a, that, that's actually a lot. I, I thought it'd be a lot easier to pick Demetrius because of the first fight. But I think Cejudo's doing right things in his camp. I think he's this is his time right now to beat Demetrius right now. I think this is gonna be the best Cejudo we see. So if Demetrius wins this, which I do think he will. I mean, that's just this is gonna be unbelievable. I don't think he gets enough credit. Everyone can say that he doesn't have credit. Next up, main event. As I tease in the show, I finally got a hold of my good buddy Steve Smith. Called him on the phone. He's he lives a half mile away from me, if that. We both have working cars. I I, I want him in studio. I want to, I've been wanting to do this forever with him. 
because I've, I bragged about it. I think he's his knowledge is is on par with mine. I think he's a very intelligent guy. We've been watching MMA for a while. The only difference between him and I is he fills his brain with other sports, and I only consume MMA in in Cincinnati Bengals. He, I mean, he's onto the you know UC Bearcats. He, you know, he's got some football. He's got some baseball sports in there. He's on like twenty four fucking fantasy teams. So uh, his your brain only has so much so much use, but he, I think he's, he's a very good fight picker. We watch pretty much every card together. Every big card. We'll be watching this one at BW threes. So I'm going to play you the phone call and then, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys afterwards. So enjoy Steven Smith. Talk to Smitty bear. <laughs> Smitty Raymond. Can you hear me? Well, yeah. Can you hear yourself at all? I cannot like, so like when you talk, you don't hear like a big echo. No. Okay, perfect. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna intro it like uh, like a fucking radio station because this is gonna be we're obviously picking the last fight. You sound good coming through the the old right. headphones here, kid. Okay, so uh, here comes the old podcast voice. And <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we welcome on a good friend of the program. He hasn't been on because his back is broken to shit. Steve Stephen Smith, how you doing, Smitty? I'm doing uh, fantastic here. Glad to go. make my much anticipated debut. It's a big deal. King of Delhi, is that correct, or is it King of Delhi? Right. Which one are you claiming? Delhi. Delhi. King of Delhi. Full neighborhood. Okay, so I had to go to the bullpen and bring in bring in my guy for the final pick of the card, and that is going to be a straight heater of a fight: T.J. Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt, the rematch. Currently, right now, Dillashaw is a minus 120. I guess he's a slight underdog. It's basically a pick em. Cody Garbrandt is minus 110. You can find him at plus 100 on one of the sites, but the line's moving a lot. And uh, I'll give you first go. Who who are you taking in this, this rematch here, Smitty? Cody Garbrandt, hands down. Hands down. You're not even, you're not even worried about it. I've convinced myself today it's going to be Cody Garbrandt, no doubt. That's good. Well, Chalk it up. I- Chalk it up, chalk a W of this many. I'm writing it down right now. I'm taking TJ Dillashaw only because I feel like TJ Dillashaw, I don't think Cody Garbrandt's ever had a rematch in his career. TJ Dillashaw has done really well in rematches, and I rewatched the first fight about 100 times, and I don't know. I just I just think TJ has his number. It's, it's as close as it gets, but the reason we're having you on is because I will film it and put it online. The loser... We'll be watching this fight together at a, a lovely establishment called BW3s. The loser has to eat the hottest wing. What is it called? Do you know what it's called? The wing there? sauce? Yeah. I have no idea. It's like uh, blazing. There it is. I don't need to know because <laughs> I'm not going to eat it. Okay. Fair enough. You're confident. I like your confidence. But so good. Um, if, if you want to give me a round of when it's going to happen. And if you're correct, I'll have to eat two wings and I'll do the same. So do you have a prediction on what round? I'll go round two. Round two. And I'm assuming KO, right? Yes. Of course. I'm going to go TJ Dillashaw. I'm going to go TKO late in round three. Round three? Okay. So whoever's right, I mean, we're going to be, one of us is going to be eating hot ass wings unless the fight doesn't happen. So <laughs> let's hope it happens because I really lo- would like to see you get hiccups again and uh, re- reaching a 400 bottles of water. <laughs> Be plenty of waters on deck. That's right. Well, I appreciate you joining on, but I, uh, I will see you Saturday. All right. Sounds good. All right. See you, bud. See ya.
old Smitty Bear there. <laughs> I love how he answered the phone. I was going to edit out the very beginning part when I asked him, can you hear me, all that stuff, because it's like, I want to be professional. But I was like, he answered the phone in such a, a profound, confident way that I had to show the audience, I had to show you guys, like, oh, this guy, this guy's the real deal. I promise when his back is fixed, when he is, his back is not broken, whenever that day may be, he will be in studio and we will pick a full card. Hopefully soon. I mean, him and I have been to- talking for years, going out, going out to Vegas, um, going out to Vegas, just to gamble and 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 watch fights and stuff. That's a dream of ours. We've been fights for. I've been to Vegas before. He has. But we've never been out there for fights. So that's a card. I'm gonna elaborate a little bit. Um, we didn't, you know, it was a quick conversation. I just think TJ has more ways to win. I think um, with the kicks and his coaching, the one thing that's really hanging me up on Cody is Justin Buckholtz was his lead corner the last time they fought. Buckholtz is, I guess, no longer with Alpha Male. I'm not really sure what's going on. Danny Castillo is, I think, the head coach now. I'm presuming. I know he's brought in Tyler Wombles. I know he's brought in his uncle who's always there. Uriah is always there and stuff like that. But you need kind of like a designated head coach, a guy who's calling the shots. TJ's got Dwayne. TJ's also training on a, a pretty good camp now. They kind of formed their own in uh, Southern California, the training lab. Uh, Munoz is part of that. It's, uh, you know, they're producing some good guys. Like A lot of guys are going down there. Jake Allenberger's down there. Cub Swanson, TJ himself. And, and, and I just think TJ really gels well with Dwayne. Say what you want about Dwayne. I think he he works really well with TJ, and they, they put a game plan together. And I think Cody just – he's lacking coaching. He's lacking uh, – he's just lacking, like, a true game plan. I think they're going to go in there, and Cody has looked really sharp. He's looked – all the videos I've seen him, he's looked so sharp with his hands. He's clean. My problem is, is, is how long can he last before he gets hit with something? That second round of their first fight, he got dropped with a kick that wasn't very hard. And then kind of lost his composure a little bit and, and then got in a little bit of a firefight and left dropped his left hand, got caught with that right hook and finished. I don't think it was a clean knockout. I think if Cody didn't roll to his belly, I think he probably because he popped right up afterwards. I think it was a good stoppage. But if he didn't roll to his belly, I think the fight would have maybe could have went on. I think TJ is a killer, though. I mean, the guy's nickname's Killer Shaw. Um, that's how I feel about it. I, I'm not confident in my pick at all. I'm, I'm picking TJ officially, but. Listen, anything can happen. Cody is is if Cody had a chin, I think he'd be the best fighter at 135. I'm worried about his chin. I would I, I would be upset that Cody lost because obviously it goes against my record. But also I got to eat some hot ass wings, which I don't do good with hot sauce. But uh, you know, it'd be fun fun content. I will film it, put it on either. I'll, I'll definitely put it on the website mmatakes.com, and uh, I'll, I'll put it on the Instagram page mmatakes.com on Instagram. So that's it. Quick and easy. We're at 30 minutes going on 31. I will be back with only, I think I'm only doing one show next week. So I'll recap everything that happened because I don't think there's an event next weekend. And then uh, I'll see you next week. All right.